This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Josh, I just caught myself doing that um, thing where you like roll your neck, like you're like I'm getting loose. I'm getting ready to yeah. do some sort yeah. of like physical exerting exercise. Yeah, it's it's an interesting. Uh, it was a, it was a okay. It was interesting is the play way to put. It. I I had a really terrible weekend, and uh, I was, hey, you're getting right into it. I love it. You were yeah. having a you were having what could be classified as a a meltdown prior to <laughs> us hitting record, and I can tell. You want to just dispense with the funny business and get into what happened in yeah. Game Week Five. I kind of do. It's funny because I was thinking about the, the Twitter feed, which which I, I I'm I would say I I'm the primary uh, tweeter on there. I think most people we've talked about this before. Uh, most people are aware of that, and uh, I you know I, I do use the iVoice. I feel like if, if if the iVoice is being used, it's probably Josh complaining. That is, say me complaining about something. <laughs> If it were me, I would use the two form, the, the two familiar form. two yeah. form. I use the Aesthetics form. That's how you know the difference between sure. the two of us. Uh, I'm slightly more formal. Um, no, but I, you know, since I have this terrible game week, but the, you know, the, the Twitter feed is, um, I don't want it just be me ranting about my team. You know, I like to, I like to be a little more general interest on there in particular, but I was, I really had to like take a break. I mean, after, um, after yesterday's fixtures, I, I, I took about a 12 hour Twitter hiatus, so uh, sorry to anybody who messaged us uh, from like I don't know two o'clock uh, U.S. time yesterday to ten o'clock this morning. I just I, I was I was not looking at Twitter. I did not look at my score. I did not look at uh, anything related to fantasy. I needed a break. Uh, you were just things... the embodiment of that "Hello Darkness, my old friend" <laughs> meme. Yeah. Things really went poorly for me. I mean, I ended on forty-seven points, which is not. I mean, I, I've certainly had worse game weeks in my in my time doing fpl but uh it was it was it was a very frustrating 47 i mean it all you know it really started with the um with the pogba injury which forced me to burn four and so i, I took out a hagazi clean sheet to bring in uh ben davis uh which obviously uh, for me and many others completely backfired 
Um, but then, you know, yeah, and exactly. And then when I found that out, I I realized that I was going to get Ben me off the bench. Uh, but he has a, uh, he has two strikes, uh, both of them, one of them cleared by a, uh, by defender in Liverpool. Uh, Point blank. It was really incredible. Point blank. And then he had another chance on the, the, the the ensuing corner. Uh, and then I had Duffy and Brighton, uh, played on Friday. He lost his clean sheet late in the the match and also had a ball cleaned, (laughs) cleared off the line by a covering defender. Uh, so that that was that really hurt, and the Duffy move. You were saying because I, everyone yeah. who you know the people who listen to this podcast don't know this is the like it's little it's like a word for word rant that I just had twenty minutes ago to Brandon uh, before we started this podcast. Yeah, I mean, deja vu. Yeah, and you were like, and you were like the the real problem was the Duffy move in game week four, which kind of put you on tilt. And I, I that yeah, is you're kind still of what's beating happening. yourself up over Duffy. Steaming. I am. Yeah. I'm steaming over the Duffy move. I mean, the, the moves you made. If I can interject, the moves you made coming into game week five, the Ben Davis uh, transfer, which everyone listening to this podcast presumably made, and if you resisted, then congratulations. Your pin mm-hmm. is in the mail. Um, <laughs> and the Mo Salah move, which right. uh, got you a goal, and that was a very solid move to get Pogba out. It, yeah. it was. I wouldn't say it was a solid move. I'd say it was a Salah move. Yeah, the Salah – thank God for Salah's 10 points, which really uh, – which, which you know, basically I got ten from Salah and zero from Davies, so it, it worked out okay in the end. Um, I wish I had just made the Salah move, obviously, and not burn four. Um, so that worked out okay. Um, but just the the biggest thing for me, and I, I did mention this on Twitter, that's why I brought up Twitter a minute ago, um, is on the last week's podcast, I I basically convinced myself to captain Lukaku. I made what what I thought was a pretty rational argument, which is uh, you know, Man U played Man United played on uh, Tuesday. Uh, some of the way on Twitter was like, never say Man U. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that Man U was a thing that Man United fans hate to hear. Um, They're the Red Devils, seems, Josh. It seems kind of innocuous to me. Man U, it's fine. But, you know, <laughs> let's go with Man United. Uh, so I was like, Man United play on Tuesday. So they have, a, they have an extra day. Uh, Lukaku, you know, four goals in four matches. Uh, you know, Kane has, has not played very well at Wembley in general. Now, he did play well against Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday. Um, but I just thought, you know, this is, this is an opportunity for me to, I, I should just captain Lukaku. This, it's the smart move this game week. Uh, and then a bunch of people on Twitter and Facebook were like, no, Josh, you, you're crazy. Just make the <laughs> smart move. Captain Kane, don't go nuts here. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, I guess you're right. And I basically, um, I, I got peer pressured into captaining Kane over. Now it's my responsibility. I'm not, not trying to blame yeah, people. Yeah, you chose to get behind the wheel, Josh. Right, but I am saying that you have to make your own decisions in this game, and this game is not fun unless you allow yourself to make your own decisions. And a reason, right? I mean, I was talking about captaining Lukaku here. It wasn't like I was, it wasn't like I had made a reason argument for captaining Duffy on the podcast and got talked out of at the last minute. You know, within reason, if you are, you know, talking about captaining either the the best, you know, the best pure striker in the fantasy game or the second best pure striker. You're not really making, you know, a bad move either way. So just just trust your instincts a little bit, you know. And I think that I, I kind of fell prey to the whole hive mind mentality this game week a little bit. And um, so I don't know. I just feel like um, from now on, I, I really want to just trust my the 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 you know many the, the what what seems like about a thousand game weeks worth of experience yeah. now and. Uh, uh, I don't know what it really is, about 250 or something like that. <laughs> well, if I can present um, a, and just just a <laughs> slightly different version of that captaincy argument between Kane and Lukaku, it's um, you can 
you can look at the hive mind mentality and being influenced by that. But another way to think about it is we're into game week five. It's very early on. Some people might argue this is not the point in the FPL season to, and yeah, we qualify this with it's not a huge risk going with Kane or Lukaku, one or the other, but to just go with whatever the popular captaincy and you know you have the other option in Lukaku, you're, you're sort of covered in a sense. So it, it's a smart maneuver whether or not you... I had Lukaku coverage. Well, listen, let's not use the word coverage. You know, it's, that, that's just like a trigger warning in the FPL community these days. <laughs> it really is. It's a live wire. But, but the point is, is, is it's low risk to go with Kane. And, and I, I guess the argument I'm trying to make is just because it was low risk going with Kane because that was the hive mind, um, it's not a bad mm-hmm. move because we're not at the no. point where we need high risk decisions. We just need to sort of keep right. pace. Right. And you can be too results oriented. You know, I mean, you can, you can look at, you know, the, the end product and think, okay, you know, I'm stupid because I captain this guy and everyone who captain yeah. this guy is smart, right? It's not, it's not that simple. I mean, can't obviously hit the crossbar and, uh, but there was certainly, uh, the, the whole point though, is that I didn't trust my own instincts and I didn't, you know, and it's, but, the the rationale that I made was not like I've got a feeling. It was that tonight you know, is going to be a Everton good are going to be tired. <laughs> right. It was I, I. You know. It was. It was. You know. Man, you have an extra day of rest. Uh, Everton play in the Europa League on Thursday. Uh, Lukaku has been. You know. Had really good form at home this season. There, it was. I made a rational argument and then sort of let the sort of consensus dictate my decision making and. Um, not only is I think that not the way to go, but I also think it's not a fun yeah. way to play the game. Um, you know, so that that was really what I, it was frustrating because it felt like I sort of put myself in the hands of other people's decision making and sort of. But at the same time, you know, Salah was a player that I brought in because people like Peter Blake on Twitter and um, uh, some of our friends in the transfer hub, you know, were really talking about him as you know he's really the the, the top midfielder right now in the game. Uh, and so I was like, great. You guys, sure, I'll go with that. <laughs> I, I, I trust you. Yeah, exactly. That's that, that seemed like very good logic. Uh, let's do it. Uh, and I got ten points from him. So I, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to make it sound like the people online aren't making. It, it's still a pretty small community, ultimately, you know. But I, I, a lot of people are are really thinking this stuff through and making good decisions. And um, obviously, it was it was a you know it, it made a lot of sense to Captain Kane at home to Swansea. Um, but I'm just saying that there were other players you could captain. And sometimes I think some of us fall prey, including me, fall prey to this idea that there's really only one right decision to make. And there's only one transfer you can make this game. There's only one captain you can make. And um, I don't know. It's just not a very creative way to play. And um, um, so that's it. <laughs> End of rant. So we're recording this Sunday night. According to the FPL site, the game is fully updated. And it's showing average points as 29 for game week five. I find that very difficult to believe, given Aguero yeah. is granted he's like around fifteen percent ownership, but still um, fifteen. Yeah, um, no, it, Aguero. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, Aguero. Uh, I'm Lukaku sorry, Lukaku yeah. is fifty-five percent ownership. Fifty um, at this yeah. point. So you'd think his goal and an assist today would have pushed that twenty-nine average points up a little bit. So yeah, I, I I kind of fell prey to a few similar issues that you did. In game week five, Josh, I brought in Ben Davies, and you know everyone knows what happened there. But I was very fortunate in that I caught the other side of that game with Kyle Naughton coming in off my bench. 
So I, I, lost, I fell backwards into a clean sheet there. It, was, it became very, like, the cognitive dissonance happening in my mind at the end of that Spurs-Swansea game, I, I couldn't quite figure out what was going on. It's like, do I want Kane to score? Do I want Kyle Naughton to get his clean sheet? Near the end of that, you must have been rooting for the Swansea clean sheet. Oh, yeah, for sure, because then your big differential is the Swansea clean sheet, and that ultimately (laughs) is going to help me more than going with, you know, the the Hive collecting their captaincy points. Oh, and for Davies not to come on, right? Uh, Yeah, the the one-pointer would have been the most brutal... I went into that game basically like everyone else, hoping that poor old Hungman's son, uh, you know, shattered his kneecap within the first five minutes, and they were forced right. to, to bring Davies right. on. But of course, it looked like maybe Aurier was the one that would come on anyway. So, so it's yeah. and then my my other move, I burned four points to bring in Pascal Gross, which set me off Friday night. I was having a great time. Um, oh, you and I, we lit it up on Friday night too. We had like, we had like about as close to a date as, uh, as two men who are married with kids can have. At least one of us has kids. Yeah. It was like, I like, I like made a dinner reservation. We shared a hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> but and I, that's I, not I remember a joke. talking, talking to my wife the next day and I was like, you know what? The, the best part though was that I, I made a reservation <laughs> because it is very strange to, and this has nothing to do with the fantasy game, but it's very strange to hang out with like a, one of your, like, one of your friends, even even an old close friend, and be like, "Listen, I I got his dinner for two at eight, right?" It's just a weird thing. <laughs> Nobody to likes waiting but in it, line. It made the night, right? Because we had this amazing dinner, and it was like it was. Oh, it, was it made the night much like Pascal Gross's assist and two bonus points, and the and the <laughs> glorious news that he's not even injured and his value is just going to keep yeah. rising into yeah. game so week. He's not even injured. <laughs> The only issue is that he, because he faked an injury, uh, he was off the pitch when uh, when Bournemouth uh, scored a uh, scored their their winning goal. So yeah, I hope that like you know bouquet of roses, box of chocolates, all went to gross <laughs> because he basically won the game for, Absolutely. for Bournemouth. So at fifty six points with a minus four hit, I'm on I'm I'm at that like teetering point of a game week where all I have to do is look at Lukaku's twelve points and say, well, had I captained Rom. I would have had a good week, but such as it is, right. I have red arrows. Uh, it's it's very bittersweet. Yeah, it's it was a tough one. So I guess I was on forty seven. Um, I dropped five hundred thousand spots. Uh, I was in the uh, the top one hundred k, and now I'm five hundred and fifty six thousand. Um, so you know, okay, two things to keep in mind here. One, that's totally brutal, um, and two, and two. Uh, it shows how tight things still so are. Tight, because season, it's so right? early in the season yeah. that few points separate all of us. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was you know I was thinking about the you know Kane versus Lukaku, right? I mean, I still had Lukaku on my team, Captain Kane and Set, right? So that cost me ten points. It's a lot, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, you know, Hagazi versus Davies. I got me off the bench. Um, so I, and I burned four to bring him in. So that cost me 10, but then I got two from me. So it's eight points. So all told, I lost 18 points that I probably should have gained this game week. Um, 18 points is a lot, but 18 points in a season where you're probably going to score somewhere between 2000 and 2200 points, not too much. Uh, should we just quickly run down what we're going to talk about the rest of this episode, Josh, before we give praise to yeah, the I, Super uh, League? If people are still listening, thank God. Uh, so after my after my rant, uh, so we're going to talk about uh, we're going we're gonna to run through the Hail Cheater Super League top ten. We're going to do it um, a little more quickly this time because I think we actually know people's we know how to pronounce people's names a little better. Uh, and then we're going to talk about uh, key questions for game week six. Uh, in particular, we're going to talk about Manchester City. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about de- uh, defense. We're going to talk about flops. 
some expensive flops and what we're doing with them or what other people are doing with them. Uh, and then we're going to take a uh, quick look at um, the actual Game Week 6 fixture. So it's a, it's, a, it's a busy schedule, as usual, Brandon. Let's try to get through it. Um, you know, with the, as, as blood-free as possible. Okay, blood-free. I like it. David <laughs> Louise will not be putting in a challenge in this episode. Uh, all right, so top 10 of the Always Cheating Super League. Starting at number 10, it's Aaron Matheson heating up at number 9. It's WC. WC Fields, perhaps, joined the Super League? I believe so. Uh, his so. squad, 420 Fedora Fanatics. In eighth place, Melvin Mambazi, Melvin United. Ah, well done, Melvin. Nice to see you again, Melvis. Melvin. Um, Melvis. <laughs> Melvis. <laughs> seventh place, Clichy's Clean Sheets. Fabio Borges dropping down the charts to seventh. Moving up in sixth place, Bernardo Matos, his squad, FC Matos Meister. Scored a big 90, 90 points. We had a, a bunch of big scores. I guess we should big up Aaron Matheson for breaking the century mark. 104 points on the game week. Well done, Aaron. Okay, fifth place, Tom Clicken Molly. I think I got that right. Game of throw-ins, dropping down to fifth place, up to four. Wilson Edmondson's Twins United, third place, Abdullah Al Mamoon Entropy. Second place, Richard Fox, Machu at Deheyaba, dropping to second place. And the new number one this week. Brandon, that's 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 Michu at Deheyabar. I mean, come on. You gotta was... Michu. Did I say that wrong? You said it like I you said every part of that wrong. <laughs> Meet you at the Haya Bar. Yeah, yeah, meet you at the gay bar, okay. right? Isn't that what that's supposed to be? You're hearkening back to our Friday night date night. <laughs> and I wonder if the Ba is a reference to, I wonder if you ran out of characters, or if that is a reference to Dem- Demba Ba. It's got to be Demba Ba. Uh, Demba Ba is at the, at the De Haya Bar. I'll be there. Uh, okay, that's enough of that. First place, <laughs> new number one, Ben Kitt. FC Ben Solano, 82 points in the game week. Well done, Ben. Uh, Josh, I see we have one rant of the week for game week five. Uh, yes. Uh, well, uh, my, we actually have two because mine, mine already went. Uh, this It's nice, though. That's our podcast. I get to rant every now and then. Uh, and once again, you know, the, 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 now, the instant classic episode of Brandon ranting about his wild card after he played his wild card is... Uh, it's well worth going back and listening to. Uh, that's game week episode ninety, maybe. It's called Wildcard Diaries. I forget. I think it's ninety one. <laughs> it's a it's it's a good one. Uh, Dave Baker says it's important to have a sense of humor with this stupid game. Yeah, that's why I made a black eyed peas joke earlier in the podcast. If anybody caught that, so Dave, I could not yeah. agree more. That's what you said. Let's get it started. No, you yeah. said I've got a feeling, and then I said that tonight's going to be a good night. <laughs> I think I slipped that one right by you. Sort of you like did. slipping a goal by Joe Hart. Right, exactly. I, I'm in podcast mode right now, so I miss like it. I, I miss it like twenty percent of all jokes that that come through when I'm in, when I'm deep in podcast mode. I mean, speaking of wild cards, I guess it, it bears mentioning first place in the always cheating Super League. Ben Kitt actually played his wild card going into game week five, and the big thing here that we're going to have to unpack in the meat of this episode is Ben went went without Harry Kane. So what we really need to talk about is Kane and. Uh, and where to go from there. Yeah, it's it's really tricky, and I, I'm seriously considering a wild card myself. I mean, I, I I know that if you are going to wild card, you should typically do it early in the game week, but I, I'm really having a having a tough time deciding whether to pull the trigger. So um, uh, hopefully this podcast will help me to uh, organize my thoughts a little bit on that. Yeah, for sure. All right, shall we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Same old 
podcast always Brandon, key questions for game week six. Uh, the the keyest, the 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 most keyest. Yeah, the prime question. I don't know. Whatever, whatever, whatever. The most key of keys is, uh, <laughs> is Manchester City. Uh, Gavin Doyle. Uh, start things off with the question here. He says, uh, "Hit the wild card on Friday evening." Have been tinkering since. Uh, what a great feeling that is to tinker with it. Once you pulled the trigger on that wild card, the freedom. Yes, it's uh, like it's just like leaving your partner and your family behind, and yeah. nothing but open road in front of you. See, that was that was that was the one shame about you playing that wild card. Is that, didn't you play it like only a day before the deadline? See, yeah, you, I, you didn't have that I, I did. to tinker. You know, it's fun I, to I have still that. managed. I still managed to pick up a, a little team value, which I know that was the heart of the the um, now infamous discussion with Mark and Granville on the recent fantasy football scoutcast. Yeah, that podcast is. You know, some people ask us why we don't uh, why we don't post our teams on Twitter more often. It's because I don't really like being yelled at about my teams. <laughs> I don't. I don't like being yelled at about my squad. I mean, we you know the way we talk about. The, if you listen to the podcast, you basically know what our teams are. I mean, I, we're not trying to hide it. It's pretty easy to find us online. And if anybody ever asks for our ID number, I'm happy to share it. But you know that podcast. That not to like big up another another podcast too much on here, but. Um, I, I generally enjoy that podcast, but I mean, for them to like basically destroy his team, and then the second he tries to turn it around, they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! This isn't about us." <laughs> it's like, well, what, it wasn't like he offered himself up to to flagellation, you know? It was, sure, it's yeah, also but, his podcast. It's also his podcast. Was, <laughs> anyway, but ga- back to Gavin Doyle. He's been tinkering with his wild card, and <laughs> the question he has is, uh, he can only afford two of Lukaku, Aguero, or Kane. Who would you leave out? Which leads us in to the Aguero discussion that looms large, and also generally Manchester City look to be, as of game week five, the best team in the league. Yeah, they really do. Uh, I think that after um, after Liverpool lost in the most Liverpool way, and Spurs have basically, I mean, the the Wembley thing is real, right? I mean, there's no doubt last, about it. You can't yeah. call it. I mean, every commentator kept repeating the the phrase "hoodoo," and yeah, what, I, I know that, what it is. I know they played well um, when they played Bruce Dortmund midweek, but you know, it used to be, but that was a team that was trying to win. You know, and it used to be that when when Spurs played a team at home that was just trying to like basically get away with a nil nil. Yeah. They were they were winning those games like five nothing last year. Like no <laughs> exaggeration. They were destroying teams at home last year. Absolutely destroying teams. If you were a poor team and you went into White Hart Lane, you were getting annihilated. Um and this year they now play a Burnley and Swansea at home and they've scored one goal between those two games. And even that goal was a slightly lucky goal actually. It was a Deli Alley kind of um you know wasn't wasn't it like he like caught his own rebound or something. Um, so they are not looking good <laughs> at home and it honestly makes, it really makes you wonder whether you can have Harry Kane, uh, whether, whether you just need two of their players, because, yeah, you know, if the right. only points you're going to get from them are on the road, is it really worth, you know, having two Spurs attackers? Yeah. I think the way most of our teams are set up now up front, if you, you either have to drop Kane or Lukaku to get in somebody like Aguero or even Jesus, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe some of you out there have Lacazette or Murata that you could turn into Jesus. But if we're talking strictly about the man of the hour, Mr. Brock Toon, Sir right. Kuhn of Aguero, yes. um, the <laughs> what do you what do you do, Josh? Are you dropping Lukaku or are you dropping Kane? And watching the Manchester yeah. United match, uh, it, 
We've already talked about the pain and anguish we received by not captaining Lukaku against Everton, but I was hoping that Lukaku would just continue to fail my eye test. He looked, he looked really subpar for much of that game until United came alive, but I was just hoping he was going to be a donkey the entire match so I could just <laughs> painlessly yeah. drop him for Aguero. But then that team came alive, and now we have to again wrestle with this question of, is Lukaku still not passing the eye test, and are we still patiently waiting for Kane to click into full gear? Yeah, let's do a quick fixture check here, Brandon, okay? Oh, all Just, right, I'm Let's look you. at a couple different, couple different, couple different uh, t- squads and look at their fixtures and see if that helps to guide our thinking a little bit. So okay. let's start with Man City, uh, the team under discussion. So they play Palace at home. Palace are probably the worst team in the league. I mean, they are the worst uh, team in the league. <laughs> they haven't yeah. scored a goal. It's the same team that probably should have been relegated last year if we're not for Sam Allardyce's magic, right? I mean, no one... Sam Ardice and magic aren't two words that get paired together very often, or three words, I guess. When you put out the uh, call on Twitter for questions for this episode, um, some listener, and, and whoever you are, I, and my heart goes out to you, you asked if it was time to drop Benteke or not. So, uh, yeah, yeah de- definitely any... Definitely any, drop Benteke. Any palace asset. Though, yeah, especially a way, yeah, a way, to, yeah. way to City in Week 5. Loftus-Cheek well, looked pretty good, but this, this Palace team is still terrible. So anyway, Manchester yeah, Manchester cheek City. actually might stay in my squad, but let's, we'll talk about that yeah. later. Uh, so, yeah, I actually thought he looked very good. Um, all right, so they play uh, so they play Palace at home in Game Week 6, away to Chelsea in Game... I'm going to do five... Let's do five fixtures for each team, okay? Uh, so Palace at home in Game Week 6, uh, Chelsea away in 7, then Stoke home, Burnley home, and West Brom away in Game Week 10. So, you know... Four out of five of those fixtures are absolutely fantastic fixtures, right? I mean, the kind of fixtures where you could, yes. you would happily captain uh, Aguero or Jesus or, yeah, I suppose, even KDB. Yeah, or David Silva, who is David definitely out, outpacing KDB at the moment. He is having a real throwback year, isn't he? This <laughs> yeah. is like 2011 David Silva. I love it. I love David Silva. Everybody loves David Silva. Yeah. I mean, to love... To love football is to love David Silva. Absolutely. I mean, he's, and he's not getting rotated. He's starting every game. His, he, he, like, had new ankle implants over the summer, as far as I can tell. Exactly. Maybe, maybe that's why he went bald. Maybe <laughs> yeah. there was some sort of side yeah. effect. Uh, the, uh, the devil came up from the, the nether regions and said, it's either your hair or your ankles. You choose. <laughs> it's a Faustian bargain. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I used to like his kind of floppy beetle hair, you know? Yeah, it's, it may, it's, it's maybe, bit... I think, if you go back and look, watch the videotape, maybe it was a floppy comb, comb over. Yeah, or a wig, just entirely. Uh, well, a wig, just like snapped onto his head. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so we got good... City's fixtures look amazing. Very Yeah, City's fixtures look amazing. Spurs, pretty good. Uh, they, they, just, they just finished their best fixture. Um, luckily for them, they get to play away uh, the next two game weeks. They play... Uh, West Ham away, Huddersfield away, and then they play uh, Bournemouth at home in game week eight. So uh, we know that's probably a nil-nil. Uh, and then they play Liverpool at home in game week nine and uh, Man United away in game week ten. So those are pretty good fixtures. Now, the, the, the Huddersfield fixture, I think, could be a sneaky, difficult fixture because uh, Huddersfield's defense has actually looked pretty good this year. And I think Huddersfield are just set up to, um, to try to get out of that game with a point. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. to Huddersfield's credit, they haven't done they just haven't parked the bus in any of these games they have a very well-rounded approach if i were a west ham fan i'd be pretty scared about game week six i mean spurs just suffered a pretty embarrassing draw uh and 
like the thing about that West Ham team is it's it's like a bunch of thirty somethings who've all been in the league for about twenty years. So <laughs> those guys aren't going to play to like they're not going to play for a point. They're going to play to win that game, right? I mean that is like West Ham is going into this match thinking that they can beat Spurs at home, yeah. which should give Spurs the chance to score like eleven goals. Yeah, right? eleven is. <laughs> that, this game can, I'm you're kidding, Spurs, but like this. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, the game could be like four-one or you know five-nothing or something like that. I mean, I really think that they're going to destroy. How many yellow cards do you think Pablo Zabaleta is going to get in that game? Five, six, uh, eleven, actually. For, so he's for every goal, Zabaleta is going to get a yellow card. <laughs> He's, he's going to be banned five times in that match. It really is sensational that um, it pops up, like, without fail, by the 15th minute of any West Ham game, Pablo Zabaleta turns up with the yellow. Uh, all right, so what other uh, what other strikers? Do, oh, okay, so we got Man Yeah, United, United we have to talk about Lukaku, Lukaku here. Yeah, okay, so let's let's pull up those fixtures real quick. I've got him right here in front uh, of me, Josh. Oh, great. <laughs> Conveniently. Uh, they are away to Southampton in game week six. Then they host Crystal Palace. So there's another armband discussion there. Then they're away at Anfield, game week eight, away to Huddersfield, and then they play Spurs at Old Trafford in game week 10. So uh, there are some really, I mean, I guess Palace is the one home fixture there that stands out as you would want to have an armband Lukaku in that match. Right. If Lukaku didn't just rack up 12, if Lukaku, I mean, because, you know, let's say Lukaku got subbed in the 80th minute of today's game, right? And he would have been on a two-pointer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there would have been a, a really strong and compelling argument for dropping Lukaku for Aguero Jesus coming into game week six, right? I mean, this, this Southampton away fixture is not a very strong fixture. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the guy has just been, he's basically, he scored nearly every match, right? It was it seven and seven for him uh, across all fixtures? I mean, he is, he just is, and the whole team is, is, Okay, I actually don't even think he looked that good in this match, but it doesn't no, matter. He looked, he looked really terrible. But but this has happened early on in the season too. I mean, okay, I actually think okay. Here's my like, when strikers don't score, they just kind of look terrible. Like strikers don't do it. Like outside of like Harry Kane and maybe like Firmino, uh, most strikers don't actually like link up very well. They don't run. They don't go back. They don't win the ball. So. If they're not scoring, it's like in the, and scoring just has like this halo effect where it's like everything you did is okay because you scored. <laughs> but but I think well, that you need yeah. strikers to participate in hold up play, bring other attackers into the play, and just right. just if we're going to talk about this, Lukaku's attempts at hold up play were pretty abysmal today. Right, but he's a big, strong guy, and you know, and, you're, and he's playing ninety minutes every game. And if you're a team that you know, I mean, Everton's defense is a little creaky, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you play a guy like that, and it gets the 80th minute, and you're just worn out, you know? Yeah. And um, and that's how he's been scoring. Uh, he's picked up a ton of points already this season that way. So, um, yeah, so I, I think that Lukaku, I said it in last week's podcast, I think he's a season keeper, and I still feel that way. Um, and I think he's actually a little bit fixture-proof. I mean, that Liverpool fixture away in game week eight doesn't bother me. Oh, Liverpool's defense is terrible. Right, yeah. So I feel like, um, yeah, I feel like I'm keeping Lukaku. Any, anything I do would involve Firmino or Kane. I'll give you a little insight into the way my, my tiny little pea brain works, Josh. Mm-hmm. When I look at Spurs fixtures, Man City fixtures, and Man United fixtures, I am dropping Lukaku if I don't see home palace in game week seven. Because I want, and I'm just super hype after that Watford match. 
Yeah, you I, were very I, I, you were very much Lukaku out in uh Yeah, not not feeling Lukaku, but I mean as it's true that he keeps like saving his bacon by just looking like a class consistent striker. My concern, why, yeah. my concern with him is it's just like one goal, one goal, one goal. It was remarkable that he pulled in all three bonus points today against Everton. The assist surely helped. But, um, you know, he does have this uh, ability to score a kind of a meaningless goal and scrape through your squad with just six points. Yeah, I think that... Um yeah, but six points, I mean, yeah, yeah, okay, you're right. I mean, so that that to me argues for not captaining him every game week, but not not to drop him. Because yeah, right. if, if this guy is getting six points every game week, and he's still, by by the standards of the most the biggest, most world-class strikers in FPL, is not that expensive if you bought him at 11.5 at the start of the season. It's just it's just not that much money, you know? It's, it's even to bring in Aguero, it's a million extra, right? And Kane's a million extra. I mean, he's just... You, you, the bang that you're getting for your buck with him is extraordinary. And so I think, I mean, his form is six, right? His form is six million. Yeah. Um, so anyway, so I think and that, that's include, that includes a penalty miss. Um, <laughs> yes. so. um, okay, let, let me put it in a, another way to you, Josh. If I'm sitting, if my FPL squad currently has Kane, Lukaku, and a third striker that is not Marada or Lacazette or a City striker, do I hold? Do I just hold and not bring in a Manchester City striker for game week six? Keep Kane and Lukaku, or is there any argument to make to drop Kane or Lukaku to bring in Jesus or Aguero? I think there's an argument to be made for dropping. I guess it would have to be Kane. I, I would drop Kane over Lukaku, I mean, if only because he costs a million more. Right, I mean that's that's the reason why I would drop Kane. I mean I think that FPL um, doctor on Twitter says kindly give me one good reason why I shouldn't toss Kane out for Aguero this week. Murata, I mean, we I, just we we just listed it right. I mean you know they're 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 playing a West Ham team in game week six that is not going to play just for a draw, right? Yeah. I mean they're going to play to win that game, and that plays right into Spurs' hands, right? They they want a team that plays because they I mean Eric Christian Eriksen catching a team in the break is like the you know, like when like when they like win the ball back and he gets to play the ball long to somebody, he's like the best player in the league, right? And Kane is just you know great acceleration, great burst. Um, I think he's really going to play well in that game. And I he's just I mean he, look, he said what the post three times and the crossbar once. I mean it's it's inarguable that Kane's been unlucky this season, right? I yeah, mean, that free kick that he had yeah. um, against Swansea. Well, if. Fabianski had it a fantastic game, by the way, we mm-hmm. should say. But he made that excellent save to deny Kane that free kick that he had that was going low into the right corner. Right. But to, to bring this back to City at least a little bit, okay, and like I don't want to make this this cover the endless coverage discussion, but I'm triggered going in going into this 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 round of fixtures, the idea of not having any Spurs players definitely gives me pause. Any city and any city players, you mean. Excuse me, sorry, of course. Yeah, city players. Any city players gives me some pause. So let's say I didn't bring in Jesus or Aguero. And I, to be honest, if I brought in anybody, it would probably be Jesus for Firmino. Um, Is that strictly because of the price tag? It's it's because of the price tag, yeah. Although I mean I think that they're both capable of scoring in any particular I mean, I, I know that Aguero just got the hat trick, but yeah. Um, that million makes a huge difference. It sure does. Uh, yeah, especially when, if you're if you're thinking about going with a King Lukaku Jesus front line. It's just a lot of money to to lay out. Um, and you know Jesus through the first um, 
I mean, Jesus has four goals in the last three games, right? I mean, he picked up, you know, 12 points in game week four, uh, four the Liverpool fixture. Um, so, I mean, you know, I think that... Um, There's not a lot between getting them with... Much. Yeah. Sorry to talk over you, but just... Nope, nope. I mean, Aguero is the one of these two that didn't get a start, but Jesus is getting pulled off the pitch around the 60th minute mark or at halftime. When Aguero yeah. starts, he plays into the 80th, if not the full 90. Um, yep. But but still, I don't think there's much between them in terms of time on the pitch. Yeah. And that could that could swap in and out, right? I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, Salo was a bit of a was a bit of a, a risk to even start this game week, right? And then um, just because he'd been pulled a couple different times already, uh, but then he played the whole 90, and um, it was Firmino who was rested, uh, or not rested, but you know, um, uh, subbed out in the 70th minute or something like that. So I think that. Um, I, yeah, I mean, and, you know, Jesus has already earned max bonus points twice this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the you know game week five, he only played fifty six minutes, but that was kind of a funny game, right? I mean, it was the, you have the Champions League coming up in a few days, and uh, uh, he'd already scored two goals, and uh, Liverpool were clearly not even really going to try to win that match. Yeah. So I think uh, there was no reason for him to play any longer. So anyway, so I think that if I wildcard this week, it would be to bring in Jesus. Um, but I, I feel like I need to have somebody for this game. Week. Yeah, it is. It's the old chestnut of you can't have everyone, and like we've we've made the case for keeping Lukaku and Kane, and you just kind of have to pick a city player, whether it's mm-hmm. Aguero or Jesus or well, I guess there's there there can't be any conceivable way to get Lukaku, Kane, and Aguero up front unless your midfield consists of of just five Pascal Grosses. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you need like, yeah, you could have like one big midfielder maybe, but the rest of them would have to be super cheap. And the the way that you you do it even with Jesus is kind of tricky. And I think I think going four at the back is actually the way to do mm-hmm. it. Um, I would go four at the back with um, with five players, all of whom I could kind of rotate. And so I'd try to find the right rotation with some. You know, I think there's. I mean, I think that with you know someone like Jamal Sells on Newcastle. I mean, obviously, you know, two goals in the last two matches, but their defenses look pretty good too. And they actually, had, they really probably should have kept a clean sheet in that Stoke match. I mean, it took a you know pretty good strike from Shakiri for them to for them to lose the clean sheet. So, um, I think that that would be the way to do it is to have like a pretty is to put your money into your defense and your forward line, and then just have like maybe one or two midfielders, and then just have a bunch of garbage at the bottom. I mean, Christian Atsu, I mean, that guy looks like you, you can play him mm-hmm. for um, for most fixtures. Uh, should we talk quickly about Man City defense, uh, given sure. the clean sheets that are popping up? Ederson actually returned from the dead with his with his cool hat. I am, I am all for it. Actually, what I want to see before I'm done playing FPL, I want to see more outfielders wearing hats. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm about. I know we should see we should see more of that and wrap around shades too. <laughs> yeah, more Ed, <laughs> Edgar Davids esque headwear. <laughs> um, so I mean, I mean, John Stones looks like he's nailed as long as company's out, and he's great value if you if you think that you're going to be getting uh, clean sheet points here. But that is assuming that you can't for, afford Mendy or Walker at six point five each because. You know, you're talking about going big in your defense on your wild card, Josh. You want the attacking flair that those guys provide. Yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, it is hard to figure out where to find the money if you bring in a 6.5 million defender. I mean, it's just such a huge yeah. 
such a huge outlay of cash. But yeah, I mean, Mendy and I mean, you know, uh, Walker with you know two assists in the last two games. I mean, it, it's too bad about the red card because you, you probably would have still had Walker if it wasn't for that red card. I mean, it yes. sort of forced your hand. I I would have. I yeah. I guess that I play my wild card out of Walker when he got that red. Anyway, I may have. We should say that Walker just kind of lucked into that assist. He basically lost possession to Sergio Aguero to make that Maisie run. Definitely prefer Mendy over Walker, no question. Yeah, I mean, and actually even even uh, the, the assist that he got in uh, the previous game week was uh, was that Leroy Sané strike. Which he had like nothing to do with, <laughs> yes, exactly. uh, other than like passing. The yeah, ball just a, a, a just a Sunday slow rolling pass over to him. Yeah, yeah, that he like it was all it was all it was all Sane. So I I I do wonder if Sane is going to get some more minutes. I mean, it, I, okay. So I was thinking about Silva, and you know, all season long I've thought that you know I, I feel like Silva, and you know, I don't have the numbers here, uh, you know, and I know he didn't play as well too, which does change things a little bit. But I feel like Silva was managed more carefully last year. That he was, um, you know, he wasn't starting every match. He was getting uh, subbed off early. That he was. Um, just not really like he, he looked like a player who was kind of on the downswing, you know, and uh, obviously he doesn't look like that at all right now. He looks he looks excellent. And he's, you know, he's good value at 8.2 million. He's played the full 90 in four of the last five fixtures. Uh, it was only this last one that he got subbed. I think I just pulled up a second ago. I think it was like the 73rd minute, uh, 77th minute. So, I mean, Silva is interesting, but you wonder if a game at home palace is when is when Leroy Sané gets a chance to start over. Silva, I'm not trying to like. Oh, Josh. <laughs> I still feel weird about bringing in Silva. I st- I'm still, I still feel a little strange about bringing in Silva. You are messing with our heads at this point. All right, and what about De Bruyne? We haven't even talked about him. Yeah, so I still have De Bruyne. He he's on the upward trajectory. I'm, I've still got my fingers crossed that um, come January or February, I'll make my point one back and, and <laughs> KDB will be back at ten mil. <laughs> He got a really wonderful assist on that free kick to Aguero, opened the scoring at Watford, and I think everyone was getting a little excited about KDB at that point. He looked very threatening, as did the whole team, the whole city team, but he only came away with six. So the fear here is, as an FPL asset, KDB immediately regresses back to the player that we were all pulling our hair out over to start the... But I'm not moving him. The only reason I would move KDB would be to move him to David Silva to um, buy my way into a better player as my third striker. Right. But uh, I'm keeping the faith with KDB right now. I think if this if this Man City team, given the fixtures they have, some of the points might be shared around. I don't want to say the C word, but um, I have no... And that's not, I'm not saying that as, a, as a, a derogatory swear word, but coverage basically is what I mean there. All right. Well, so that, that's, our, that's our city talk. I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know if we've resolved anything. I guess if, if I were to, to like try to wrap it up in a button here, I think that if, you, if you're looking for a city player and money is a little tight, I would look at Jesus. I don't plan to drop Kane personally for Aguero. Um, and then I'm gonna, I, I might go for a very heavy forward line right now. And I... I and you know, part of what we didn't talk about this, but part of the reason why is I don't really love any of the forward options. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind Firmino as a forward, but you know, without Sane, um, he's basically a winger again. Without Mane, without Mane, excuse me, um, it's too confusing. Yeah, 
Uh, it's like two podcasts in a row where I've done that. Um, so without yeah, without Mane, he's just not as good, not as valuable. And I have Salah now, so I don't feel like I need that, that Liverpool. I don't need that Liverpool forward. I don't need two Liverpool forwards when it's too easy for teams to basically like. There's like a strategy for stopping them now, right? Which is just sit behind the ball and they can't they can't break it down. I'll put my own button on it here, Josh. You opened the podcast talking about trying to go with your gut, having fun that way, being less susceptible to the hive mind. So when it comes to these city discussions, go with your gut. If you think you are going to find a better way dropping Kane and putting Aguero in there, I see no reason not to. If you sure. say, I'm going to keep Kane and not bring in Aguero, I see no reason to not do that either. What a lovely mentality, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're all going to score, it seems like. <laughs> so just, you, yeah. you probably, but you probably need somebody from City. And not having anyone from City, no defenders, no midfielders, no forwards right now, I'm feeling like I'm on the outside looking in, and they're about to play the worst team in the league. Yeah. And they have great fixtures to come after that. So <laughs> I do think that um, I, I do feel like I need somebody from City. Right. All right, Josh, should we take a quick break? We'll come back and we're going to talk about flops and also defense. Yeah, let's do it. Same old podcast, always Josh, let's take a quick minute to talk about our friends Starting 11, which is a new daily fantasy app for your Android or iPhone Visit Starting11, that's 1111.io, Starting11.io to download the app and find more information. It's a daily fantasy app that you can play with your friends, you can play against strangers all around the world, and the cool things about it are your, your daily squad, it's no budget, so all those players that you can't get into your regular old FPL squad because you can't afford them, you can get them here in Starting11. Also, you can make swaps um, no questions asked when the team sheets are announced. If you need to move out Ben Davies because Pochettino wants to destroy the entire FPL community, that's fine, <laughs> no problem. You can do that. And then the the thrilling thing about starting 11 is while you're watching the games unfold live, you have three live in-game substitutions that you can make through the app. So when Eden Hazard gets subbed in for Chelsea, hey, give Pedro the boot from your starting 11 team, bring Hazard in, and you can start to collect all those points that he probably should have gotten against Arsenal. But gosh, we, we might need to take a minute to talk about that Arsenal performance, Josh. I know. I think, I think we will later. So watching games live is very cool when you play Starting 11. So as I said, visit starting11.io to download for your Android phone or iPhone. And uh, you can listen to a special bonus podcast that we did with co-founder Thomas Braun at the start of the season. Just look back in our podcast feed for that called Bonus Episode Introducing Starting Eleven. Josh, one thing we're doing with them, we're offering the, uh, the opportunity to challenge us, me and you, Josh, challenge the cheaters through the, the Starting gift. Eleven app. The great, the great gift <laughs> of challenging the cheaters. Absolutely. You've never had so much fun. <laughs> so you can challenge anyone directly through the Starting Eleven app. Just download the app and you can punch in your friend's email address. We can challenge you or we're happy to give you our personal email addresses to administer the challenge. Just hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or send us an email at hailcheaters at gmail.com to challenge the cheaters today. Josh, who did you challenge this week? I challenged, and despite my terrible game week, I I, I really I really gave uh, Captain Kingpin a solid uh, a solid thwacking in our our one to one. It so was sorry, sorry about that, Cap. Let's let's yeah. do a rematch. It was a good Saturday for the cheaters. I uh, soundly 
beat Stephen Toomey and Jordan Elmer. So, yeah, uh, rematches all around because Josh and I aren't, aren't actually that good. So, <laughs> once again, uh, it's, it's a fun app. The, the aesthetic of the app is really beautiful. Check it out, starting11.io for more information. Excellent. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's get right back into flops, the flop house, Brandon. All right, the narrative I felt this weekend with the games unfolding was flops. This week's flops, right, Josh? Like the, last week's delights are this week's flops. Sure. So we're thinking about guys like Firmino. Firmino has larger problems. But Murata, Kane, KDB, Lacazette. Are these guys flops or are we, do we need to be patient with them? So I, I guess this goes hand in hand with us talking about how Manchester City are on fire right now. Are we immediately classifying guys like Lacazette and Murata as flops and ditching them? Yeah, it's almost like the question is, it's, you know, how how fast do you need to be with the trigger finger this year? You know, I mean, how how many blanks, you know, game weeks where you don't score or assist or get a clean shoot or whatever, is it justified before moving these guys out? I mean, you know, I'm thinking of moving out Christian Eriksen, and Christian Eriksen has been you know, pretty, pretty good for me all season. Uh, and, you know, I've had, I've had one fixture where things didn't work out. He scored a goal last week. Uh, so is that, is that too knee jerky? It, you know, probably is. Yeah. Um, you know, but a lot of people are talking about, it's, it's, it's like, it's, they're not, it's like they want people to be flops. And they can make the move, right? It's like the, I feel like sure. the Lukaku thing is like, this guy has been incredibly consistent all season and it's, you know, but it's it's like the argument is like, well, I, I might be able to get a little more, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> exactly what more. I was saying watching the end of that Manchester United match. I wanted Lukaku to blank to give me that quick, immediate reason to drop him for Aguero. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I can sleep easy. No questions. Right. But, it's, but yeah. it's like you're chasing the adrenaline rush of... <laughs> You know, of having, of of just bringing in, and there's nothing like the most fun thing in the game is to bring in a guy who can score, right? I mean, you know, making making a move for like Christian Atsu or something is yeah, it's not as right. fun. You know, I mean, yeah. if you get lucky, you're going to get eight points, right? Or you know, maybe yeah. maybe Lightning will strike two times the season and you'll get double figure returns. But you know, you bring in a guy like Aguero, and maybe you're going to get that twenty point game week that he got this week. You know, maybe you're, maybe it's all going to click. So I think we're we're questioning flop teams here: Spurs, Liverpool, Chelsea, and Arsenal. We've talked much about Spurs. I think that's covered. Liverpool. I don't know if we need to talk about them too much because missing um, Sadio Mane, they're just missing him for one more fixture, and then right. Liverpool could be back and firing on all cylinders once yeah. you know all their power rings are, are reunited. Yeah. I think it re- would be really interesting to talk quickly about. Arsenal and Chelsea, both because they played each other, but also because Arsenal looked, they looked better than they have earlier this season. Um, but still, one of their shining FPL asset lights, Lacazette, gets yeah. snubbed very unceremoniously. It was an interesting contrast in nil-nils. The, the, the Swansea-Spurs uh, nil-nil was, was a pretty awful game to watch. Um, you know, it's just, I mean, you know, I mean, Swansea didn't even try to win that game, right? I mean, they basically, I mean, Thankfully, unlike the Burnley Liverpool match, they weren't time wasting for like the last sixty five minutes of the game. Yeah. Uh, Swansea were were playing a legitimate style, but it was just not a style that was going to lead to them. Scoring it was goals. absurd that they brought uh, Wilfred Boney 
Bonnie, uh, in. Yeah, I guess they just thought, like, you know, if they got well, a corner, they could steal three points. I, I liked it. I, what the hell, right? I mean, sure. you know, they knew they knew that Spurs weren't getting any, anywhere near the goal that match. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, but I thought the uh, the Arsenal-Chelsea match today was actually a pretty entertaining nil-nil. Agreed, they, totally. They are both trying to win. and. Yeah. Um, Arsenal probably should have scored twice. I mean, the, the offside goal, I mean, it was legitimately offsides. I mean, no one's really complaining about that, but, um, you know, could have scored there if he timed his run a little better. Um, because he wasn't even the one who was egregiously, I don't know, maybe. It was, Giroud was, Giroud was kind of like playing with the smoke and mirrors there. And I think it threw everybody off. Right, right. Uh, uh, Luke Thunberg on Twitter said, uh, Ozil is is more invisible than ever today, or something like that. I had rolled out of bed right at 8.30 a.m. East Coast Standard Time and went right into the match. I didn't even look to see what the lineups were. So I I genuinely was, like, scanning the field for, like, a solid minute, being like, well, it's often watching Arsenal. I can't find Ozil, particularly if Arsenal is defending. So was was he just dropped, or was he injured? I actually totally missed that. He was just dropped, and they they played Alex Awobi. So it was really interesting to they see. They looked so good. I I totally agree. Yeah, that is amazing. God, they did not miss Ozil at all. You're right. Luke's right. I'm still not I'm still not sold on any Arsenal attacking players just yet. Um, I mean Kalasin Kalasinach. Yes. Now we're yeah. going Ash, not Ack these days. He he still looks great. Unfortunate yep. yellow card for the managers that that have him. Yeah, he he and Monreal are the huge standouts for yeah. me. If I wildcard this week, Monreal is like the first player in my squad. I mean, in terms of players, I'd be bringing in uh, five point four million uh, has been. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. He's he's played every match so far. Um, he's he's a little more. He's he's just more attacking this year. I mean, he's the three five two has. Or the, I don't know. Is it a three five two? It's more like a three four three. He's like right? a he's like a Jan Vertonghen when when the team is fully attacking. He is almost in the D. Uh, Nacho Monreal. So, uh, but Arsenal is another one of these teams that has a pretty interesting run of fixtures in the next five. Home hosting West Brom, home to Brighton, then Watford, Everton, and Swansea. So these are really nice fixtures for them. Is there anyone that gets you interested in the midfield or the forward line? I mean, Danny Welbeck is now out for, you know, the next nine months or something. Yeah, as I was tinkering <laughs> around with what to do with Calvert-Lewin, um, mm-hmm. I, I thought, well, what a shame that Welbeck, Welbeck got injured because I might have just punted on him. Yeah. For for whatever reason, Wenger clearly loves Danny Welbeck and what, what he gives to that team. But um, beyond that... I mean, Ramsey had a had a really nice chance that went off of the post. Yeah, but he still doesn't sell me. He, he doesn't look anything close to what he did in his in his best. I wish Jaka yeah. is a yellow card yeah, machine. Jaka's a, a defensive midfielder. I mean, yeah. he's just not a player that should be in your squad. Uh, he's on a, he's on the occasional free kick, but that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's it's the defenders and. And that's and that's really it. I mean, you know, Alexis Sanchez is just too expensive. Um, you know, he's at eleven point nine million right now. If if that keeps falling, okay, maybe. I mean, I would love to have Sanchez. I don't know how in the world I would. <laughs> we I would have been talking about so many expensive. This is like the, uh, the caviar dreams podcast. Talk about such expensive players. There's no room for us to tear up our teams and put Sanchez in when we're talking about getting all these city guys. Kane, Lukaku, how do we keep them? I know. How would you do it? I mean, I guess... Okay, let's say you had the forward line 
that that we've talked about, right? You have uh, you have Jesus, uh, Kane, and uh, Lukaku, and then you bring in. Let's say I, let's say I want to keep. Like I'm thinking about my own team right now. Let's say I kept Salah, and uh, I brought in Sanchez. Uh, I would. I don't know that I could have anybody who was more than five million in my midfield, <laughs> yeah. right? I mean, it would be very, very hard to pull off. I mean, you know, granted, moving down from Richarlison to Decore would save me one point five, and I, I don't, I don't know that I'm missing that much. I mean, Richarlison has not had some easy fixtures. Um, I really, you know, I I bought him at the wrong time. Uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. still there for Watford. The magic is alive, and they have some. The their next two fixtures, Swansea and then West Brom, are decent. But then they're coming yeah. up against Arsenal, Chelsea, and Stoke are probably going to give them a pretty pretty hard match too. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, so I, it's I, just not happening. Already up to five point two. Yeah, it's not happening with Sanchez. I really don't think so. What about Chelsea? There's some interesting options there. I do get the argument for Alvaro Morata. I mean, he's really pretty affordable. He's 10.2 million. Uh, they play the next two fixtures aren't great for them. They play uh, away to Stoke and uh, at home to Man City in Game Week Seven. Uh, gets a lot better after that. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, Fabregas is the player who I would like to have. I think in this team. It's that's an interesting shout. I mean, he's sort of the he could become the new Pedro. The Pedro of last season becomes the Fabregas of this season. I buy well, that. It's, yeah, it's like him and David Silver are like these two guys who <laughs> looked washed up last year, and now they're like bossing the midfielders for the. I mean, it's funny because uh, in five games, well, I, I guess he missed uh, game week two with the red card, but um, he actually only has one goal this season, uh, no assists, and um, and he did, he did get three bonus points in the game where he scored the goal, but. He just looks really um, vital to their attack. And I think when it's an easier fixture than that Arsenal match, I do think that he'll get some points. I'm nursing a theory that David Silva gave Fabregas some of his hair to put into his weave. So <laughs> that, that's just a pet theory I have. But it's for Chelsea, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Hazard looked, looked his old self when he came on as a sub. He's somebody I would be interested in maybe turning De Bruyne into. Coming yeah. into game week eight, when Chelsea's fixtures really turn, then they have Palace, Watford, Bournemouth coming up. Yeah, I think that he's. Uh, I don't know. It's, well, it's a mean, tricky yeah, one. It's it's a, it's a story as old as time. Hazard is an FPL asset. I just I guess I'm just throwing it out there. Um, he's really tough to own and stick with because he is so streaky. But if you yeah. if you're looking for a differential, uh, he could be on the table. Yeah, I really, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Um, all right, so I guess that flop discussion kind of turned into let's just talk about other teams. <laughs> Listen, what, it's hard to put together a, a taut running order every game week. <laughs> one last thing that we want to talk about that we haven't devoted too much time to is defense. Got an interesting tweet from Richie FPL who says a lot more clean sheets this season, average of eight to nine per game week versus last season's start where there was an average of five per game week. So um, you were talking a bit about running four at the back in your wild card if you do play it, Josh. And the question in the FPL community right now, I think, is do you invest heavily in wingbacks um, or can you not afford that and you're just going central defenders in the hopes of getting bonus on uh, clean sheets? So in light of Richie's tweet, I feel like... Yeah. And, and, and we've yet to see wingbacks really consistently blow the doors off. I mean, Alonso had his, his brace. He looked like right. fantastic, but it's been a little quiet since. 
Yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot of money when you can get the same uh, the same points for I mean you know for point seven million cheaper you can downgrade. Now, do I think that Alonzo is is a better value than than Cahill even at point seven more or whatever he is now point eight more? Uh, I do. Um, do I think he's significantly better than Aspliqueta? That is a trickier one. Yeah. I mean, do you think? I mean, it's only point five, right? From yeah, I think I think is six point five and. Alonso's 7.1, so it's 0.6. Um, Probably at the end of the day, if, if things yeah. go the way we expect, Alonso will get more points. So it's it's kind of a bigger question, right? Yeah. Like, what's going on in the rest of your team to make yeah, it all it's... work? Yeah, I feel like you have a fantastic team if you've got Azpilicueta in there. That's good. Right. That's not bad. But it's, it, it... if you had to choose and it didn't really matter to the rest of your team, maybe Alonso is the way to go. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, if you're in a draft format or something, you definitely want Alonso. Um, I think it's interesting that Aspilicueta is um, uh, he's point he's point six cheaper right now, and he has five fewer points than uh, Alonzo, and like that seems right to me. <laughs> like I don't know what I don't know what price to put on. Maybe it's hard to like you get you've got to like pick a range or something. But so for an extra point five million, you're getting five more total FPL points. That does not seem like enough for the no. extra point five. No, I mean, and, but I don't know. I don't have like a modeling system in my head for what that should, like, how many points I expect to get for each half a million that I invest in my squad. Well, you just you just go to any stats model like Fantasy Football Scout where you can see the outlay of BPS for these players, and it's very clear to see that Caesar is just a BPS magnet, and uh, that's where he's going to make hay for you. He's not scoring goals. He's he'll get the occasion, very occasional assist. But right. it's clean sheets. If there's a clean sheet, the likelihood is he'll be collecting some bonus there. Yeah, I mean, I would love to have him, uh, you know, for these upcoming fixtures. I, I mean, you know, especially their defense. I mean, you know, yeah, Stoke, Palace, Watford, Bournemouth. I mean, for the next five, I think there's a great chance of a clean sheet. Uh, and that City game, who knows, right? I mean, he could still pick up an assist or something. So the uh, must-have defenders, yeah. given the going back to Richie's point, like all the clean sheets that are going around. Who are the must-have teams to buy into? Were you still feeling Southampton? I mean, Bertrand came through. They looked a little better. Their midfield had a bit more structure this weekend, feeling a little more confident about how Southampton looks. The fixtures are still good for them. Yeah, fixtures are still pretty good. Um, I, I'm probably actually, if I do wild card, I'm probably, I would probably go from Bertrand to uh, to, to Nacho Monreal because okay. I just think mm-hmm. that there's a little. Uh, I'm going to keep Davies despite, despite uh, you know he was due for a rest. Uh, we we should have we should have predicted that you know. I well, mean, no, was, okay. Was, well, I guess uh, this was something that I feel like we had to get off of our chest. How would you have predicted that Davies has played every single game? I mean, I I can't say exactly, but. Since Danny Rose went out injured way back in ye olden times last season, Davies has just been a, he's it's assumed that he's playing in that squad. I it, yeah, but, but by the time he was playing every week last season, they were out of all the cups. I mean, okay, maybe they were still in the FA Cup, but he was you know I mean he was kind of forced into that role a little bit. But he's been playing in you know all of the you know he's been playing in the champions league he's been playing in all the premier league fixtures um i think he's played for all of the i'm sure he's played in all the welsh uh qualifiers too so um he's probably just racked up a ton of minutes and they're playing a team in swansea who they should really be able to beat no problem now granted it's easier to beat a team like swansea when you don't have eric dyer on free kicks and um 
it was almost like they were kind of having fun the first 20 minutes of that game. Like, they weren't really taking it that seriously. Uh-huh. A little Harlem Globetrotters action. I mean, they had, a, they had a free kick, like, you know, in the absolute perfect Erickson spot. Now, that actually led to a long conversation on Twitter about how Erickson actually hasn't scored from a free kick in, like, two years. Okay. But Erickson, I don't think Erickson actually tries to score in free kicks very often. I think he's really, he's trying to get it to Kane and... Like it's, you know, he doesn't play, I feel like he doesn't like attack the goal. He's really more, he's trying to set somebody up for a score. Or he'll put it off the frame and then it becomes in a dangerous area where another player can score off of it. I mean, I'm sure it's not like Erickson isn't so good that he's like, I'm going to bank shot this off of the crossbar so that Deli Ali can slide it into the back of the net. Sure. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, regardless, Erickson, good things happen when Christian Erickson takes free kicks, right? <laughs> or when Erickson swings in corners. Like when Erickson has it on dead ball, he is a very dangerous player. I and mean, I think that's pretty much unquestionable. The thing that re- so to have Eric, Eric Dyer kind of screwing around yeah. uh, was just silly. The thing that really does your head in with the Spurs defense is that Trippier at some point switched sides of the field, so he usually plays on the right, but then he was playing down the left at some point, and then Aurier mm-hmm. comes in, and you're like, wait, who's on which side? And Ben Davies <laughs> is basically just surplus to requirements at this point? Is Right. right. Who's, who's on first? <laughs> yeah, there's, What's on second? Yeah, there's no way to guarantee who's favored there, but yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm in agreement that Davies will probably be back. Can I tempt you in an, a, a Lascelles in Newcastle? Two goals and two matches. Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, you're you're chasing points with him, but he's only four point five million. So, sure, why not? Right. <laughs> I mean, fixtures <laughs> fixtures aren't bad. Brighton, then Liverpool, Southampton, Palace, and Burnley following Liverpool. So, um, interesting yeah. shot there. Yeah, I already have Elliot. I don't know if I need a, a full on. That's true. Uh, yeah. Double up with Newcastle. <laughs> but are you ever going to play? I mean, apart from this week, will you ever play Elliot again over De- David De Gea? Like, what's the point of having a five point five million keeper? Right well, play him. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think you said it right there. I mean, why don't I just downgrade De Gea to uh, to Phil Jones, right? And and I still have that made out of defensive coverage. Uh, I mean, De Gea isn't like a great bonus point magnet in general. No. I mean, he's a great goalkeeper, but um, you know, am I missing? Would I be missing that much? I mean, the only issue there is that Phil Jones is going to get injured at some point. It but, will happen. Uh, yeah, but until that happens, uh, it might be the way to go. Uh, Brandon, uh, I think we should uh, we should skip the rest of the questions. As many wonderful questions as they are, and thank you to Paul Rookie and Welsh Gooner and Daniel Korlev and Scott Gill and Devin Yellow and and many others. But um, Let's get right into game week six. Go for it. Same old podcast, always cheating. Game week six, transfers planned for this week. I think I I think I am going to wildcard. I'm sort of talking myself into it as we go. Yeah, I can feel it coming. It's sad. It's sad when you when you when you waited this long. You kind of want to see how far you can go. You know, <laughs> you want to sort of see like, can I can I go to game week eighteen? Can I like can I really take this all the way? Um, it's like you know, every like, week for me, yeah. I say this week, I'm not going to drink a beer on a weekday. I'm going to wait until the weekend. I'm going to try and be healthy. I make it to Wednesday morning and I'm like, wow, man, I had probably like Mr. Universe at this point. Right. When, exactly. Wednesday evening, yeah. I'm definitely drinking a beer. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking, I'm drinking wine right now. I was, I needed to unwind. But that's kind of where you are at the wild card. You're like, how much longer can I make it? Nah, I'll just play it. Yeah, it's. I, I mean, I, I would just like to Arsenal, Chelsea, uh, Man City. A lot of really good teams have a lot of have, have great fixtures coming up, and I'd feel really undercovered in a lot of those areas. 
So um, it's it, it would be less for team value, like like building up team value, and more for me just to get just to get where I think the points are going to be. Um, and is it has it helped that I had like a pretty crummy game week uh-huh. and it sort of made me a little knee jerky? You know, yes. I mean, you know, it's it's always when you got that wild card in your back pocket and you drop five hundred thousand spots <laughs> in a game week, it's kind of hard not to. use I it. have this sneaking suspicion that Duffy is not going to survive this wild card. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> of course he's not. Well, I mean, they're home to Newcastle. I mean, I don't know. I Yeah, who knows? Probably, I don't think he's going to survive. You want, you want uh, the big new number one, Pascal Gross. Yeah, I know. He's just about to go up in price, too, actually. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I look it. forward to next week's episode, then. If you have played your wild card, we can go through your new team and have a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh, Brennan, what are you looking at? Transfer wise, yeah, I'm resisting the knee jerk to do something with Ben Davies. The fear factor there. I think you're right that let's just let's just hold um, Ben Davies and we'll be fine. Uh, Calvert Lewin is becoming a great frustration for me. However, yeah. the fact that um, Swansea is at home to Watford could be an opportunity for me to play five in the midfield and really give Tom Carroll a run out. He's looks. Yeah fairly attacking though he has not produced any fpl points um i think i might actually hold my transfer and uh bring two going into game week seven and and keep tom carroll play five in the mid with tom carroll uh yeah i think that i think that does make sense and brandon as you were talking i made two transfers i've officially confirmed my wild card what? the josh landon wild card is active i brought in pascal <laughs> i brought in pascal gross and jamal sells because i wanted to get those price changes before the podcast was over wow well done all right congrats yeah thank you I want big so, big congrats to all of the cheaters out there who tweeted in that they're on their wild card so good luck to all of you <laughs> including josh Let's talk about the fixtures, Brandon. Uh, we've got a – it's a very Saturday-heavy fixture list this game week. Yeah, Sunday is going to be a real bummer. Brighton hosting Newcastle, that's your only fixture on Sunday? I just transferred so. out Dovey, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, make plans for Sunday. Uh, you can go out, spend some time with the family. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Saturday is just – the goal rush on NBC is going to be fantastic. Um, what's what's the big exciting one here? Obviously, Man City hosting Palace. We're gonna predict tons of goals there for City. <laughs> exciting in a way, yeah. Not for and not for pure entertainment, but for for goals. Yeah, that that's a just a true FPL fixture right there. Southampton Manchester is an interesting game. Yes, Leicester Liverpool is an interesting game. Lots of attacking options there. No, I mean you have to. What 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 interesting things can I say about Leicester Liverpool? Well, I just think they're both going to try to win. I mean, I just think that yeah. they're you know that Leicester uh, kind of need a win, and uh, I don't know, and Liverpool kind of do too. I mean, so I it just I don't I, neither team is particularly cagey. They're both pretty attacking, um, and uh, I think that game could be like two two or three yeah, two. I'd happily so put money down on some Liverpool goals. I mean, I do like Leicester's defense, but with Maguire, he's great, but Maguire and Morgan, they're not exactly quick. They're slow, yeah. and if you've got the pace of Sala and Firmino coming at you, I do fear for them. Casper Schmeichel hasn't looked his best this season just yet. Yeah, yeah. What about Southampton-Manchester uh, yeah. United? Uh, an, an interesting one. I guess you test your, your Lukaku medal there. Yeah, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't plan to look captain Lukaku in this game. 
Uh, God, you know, I just realized that Spurs West Ham is the early fixture on Saturday. <laughs> like like many managers, I hate captaining a player in the early fixture because if it does not go well, your weekend's kind of ruined. But our, our, your prediction was that Spurs are just going to put West Ham to the sword. Yeah, that's true. Do it's I follow through? Yeah, yeah. Do I follow through on what I just predicted? Harry Kane always scores in London derbies. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, if I if I do now that the wild card is active, I've, I've given I've given up my I've shown my hand. Um, it would be hard not to tempt to, not to Captain Jesus uh, being at home to Crystal Palace. That seems like. Uh, I mean, would you think about KDB at home to Palace? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean that would be a that would be a total punt. I mean, City looked good for a lot of goals there, but KDB has only scored on three assists. He's not had any goals. He's not looked like incredibly threatening. So that that does seem kind of scary. There's logic, but it seems scary to me. You might you might get a, a Calvert Lewin start in the uh, Everton. Yeah, Bournemouth that it, it throws a monkey wrench in my whole plan, um, and it that is another risk that I'm unsure I want to take to put Calvert Lewin in my squad for another one pointer. I mean, yeah. if did he it, get on the did he get on the pitch today? He did. Yeah, he, he did. He yeah. didn't have much chance, but I feel like Everton just looks so much better. All the commentators always talk about how much faster Everton look with him on the pitch. Sandro didn't even start. It was basically Sigurdsson and Rooney show. We had a couple questions about Everton, yeah. and now their fixtures are really starting to turn. They're at Goodison hosting Bournemouth. If they're going to start winning games, this will be the game week. I know. It just takes a lot of creativity to look at that team and, and want to have anybody on it. Right yeah, it, it's similar to the discussion we were having about Arsenal, and I do think the defense is where I would start with Everton. And I, I guess if if you're looking to downgrade um, De Gea, maybe um, what's-his-face? Oh, Pickford. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Pickford um, might be a He's like a little shaky, though. I, I mean, I, I don't think his spot's in danger or anything like that, but don't, don't you think he's looked a little shaky? Um, I mean, that whole team is, that whole team has looked really shaky. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's kind of shaky. Nobody on that squad has covered themselves in glory. So it's, it's hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is hard to Uh, say. Chelsea Stoke. Does Hazard get a start here finally? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think he probably does. Uh, I think. I guess we should mention a lot of these. A lot of these teams have EFL Cup matches midweek, so that's another place to look if you're trying to predict who's getting a start on the weekend. Yeah. Um, I do think that uh, I thought Hazard looked pretty good in yeah. the 20. He had a really great pass at the end of that game. All right. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see. And then Arsenal play. Uh, so Brighton, Newcastle on Sunday, then Arsenal, West Brom on Monday. Uh, I think that's a pretty easy Arsenal win. Uh, I think they'll get a lot of confidence from that Chelsea fixture. I mean, Arsenal are a confidence club. You know, when, they're, when their confidence is high, they're a good team, and uh, when their confidence is low, anybody could beat them. And uh, uh, right now they'll be confident, so I think that helps. So I guess it's between Spurs and Everton. I mean, I'm, it's between Spurs and Manchester City for the armband this weekend. Yep, exactly. I think I'm actually going to go with Kane. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like the, the argument I made for Kane, despite the fact that he screwed me this game. <laughs> the one <laughs> nailed clean sheet is is probably Manchester City for me. Um, I mean, it's so depressing to see a team like Palace could go six yeah. games without a single goal. It, that is dark, but I, I just don't see them <sighs> scoring at the Etihad. 
I wish there, yeah, we'll see if Loftus Cheek survives my wild card. I thought he was the best player in the pitch for that. By a mile. Uh, yeah, by a mile. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a fun player. He probably actually probably, he could have scored, at least got an assist. He had that really great run in the second yes, half, Yes, I thought for sure he was going to score on that one. <sighs> Alas, he did not. Alas. Is he still in your team, Brandon? Do you have him as your? No. Um, he was replaced by Aaron Moy. So I started to upgrade my midfield from 4.5 attacking players to 5.5 deep-lying midfielders. It's paying dividends. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the problem here with 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 Loftus Cheek for him for him to stay, I'm gonna have to look past Man City in game week six, Man United in game week seven, Chelsea in game week eight. Yeah, there's no way uh, you're gonna do that. There are there are other four point fivers out there like Chalaba. I mean, and, uh, Tom sure. Tom Carroll still um, this looks okay. They've got, they've got good fixtures, mm-hmm. so Carroll's Carroll's probably the Carroll would certainly stay over over Loftus Cheek. Um, so. All right. Well, it'll be an interesting week. Uh, if anybody wants to know how my wildcard team is doing, uh, please reach out on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash alwayscheating. Uh, on Twitter, uh, we're twitter.com slash hailcheaters. That's H-A-I-L cheaters. Uh, you can also message us, hailcheaters at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, what else? find us on the, online at uh, alwayscheating.com. I can't believe I've gone this far without talking about Patreon. You can support the podcast at patreon.com slash alwayscheating. Join in the next, I think it's three weeks. Uh, you can join our knockout league. The knockout leagues are super fun. You basically uh, pick one team each week, and they just have to not lose. Uh, it seems easy, and it's actually incredibly difficult, as you as you soon find out, because uh, you can only pick the same team. Um, you can only pick each team once. Uh, so it's it's a lot of fun, and that's at the uh, $3 a month pledge level or higher. You can join that. Uh, I want to say a quick shout-out to Heath Cram and Ron Kane, uh, who both became Patreon subscribers this week. So uh, thanks, guys, and sorry it took us this long out of the podcast to say thank you for, uh, for supporting the pod. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. or on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, Google Play. Tune in wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Hey, Josh, I, I have uh, a special place in my heart for anyone that goes to iTunes and rates us five stars. You're great. Yeah, as as well you should. Thanks, guys. Uh, and, uh, yeah, good luck this week. And to anybody who's wildcarding, um, good luck to you, too. Pogba can't shoot because his hamstring is done. Poor Pogba. So sad. That broke both of our hearts. It really did. He, it was fun to have him. But I've it replaced was. him with All gross. Right. That's more fun. <laughs> it, is, it can be fun. <laughs> All right. See you later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.